Yes, sir. This is Nels, aka Big Facts and Full Effect. And you're tapped into Balls. A sports podcast. Yes, yes. Hello and welcome to Ballaholics, new and old. Um, as he said, this is Ball Sports Podcast. It's a podcast with balls about balls. I'm Buddha. We got a we got a visitor. Like Ooh. we got a guest. But he's Listen, not even, first of all, I'm about to say he's, he's not a guest or family. He's a correspondent. You're not, not a guest. You're family. He's family. <laughs> he's he's our basketball and sneaker correspondent and anal- analysis guru. Yeah. You know what I mean? He breaks it down for us. This is who we go to when we need to know about the latest kicks. This is who we go to, you know, when we need to know about what's going on in the world of basketball. You know what I mean? And then on top of that, you know, he also, you know, t- checks in on us and tells us about, you know, mental health thing. Should we good on our day to day? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's our guy. You got to introduce yourself. We ain't saying your name, baby. We just gave you a fire <laughs> intro. The fuck? You know what I'm saying? Yo, my name is Joe. You already know. I don't really like intros. And y'all, yeah, but y'all did it for me. I appreciate it. So we got but you, bit I'm just Joe. Yeah. Well, thank, thank you for joining us. Um, but hold on, hold on. Before we even oh, do that, we're we going to make sure he has multiple plugs. You got oh, yeah, plug, yeah, yeah. Go ahead plug plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, true. I thought it was going to be at the end, but you Hell know. Hell no. Uh, we had the beginning and the middle and the end. We're doing all it. Where the plugs at, man? You can catch where me the plugs, on YouTube. Where the plugs, where the plugs at? <laughs> <laughs> you catch me on YouTube. It's just J Space Stubbs, S T U B B S. And my show is called Hoop Shoes and Blues. I talk about. Hoops, the NBA, whatever's hot in the NBA, shoes, whatever shoes just came out, and blues, just whatever's on my mind to help me get it out. Recently, I just had my sneaker collection videos, probably one of my funnest videos that I've done uh, since I started. That bit was definitely uh, fire. I know you had that many shoes. I knew you had shoes. I just didn't know you had that many shoes. Like You, you, probably, yeah, but... you probably got the most shoes of, of anybody I know. <laughs> I, was, I really was like, damn, he's, you, you nice with it, man. I'm I'm trying to calm down. I I just opened the Apple Cart too, and I'm looking at the availability of the credit, and I'm like, nah, I ain't gonna do it. I ain't gonna do it. I'm in a good place right now, so I'm gonna calm down a little bit. But I don't know, man. Yeah. I feel like you know you can calm down, but you got to stick with the brand now. Yeah, that's you gotta true stick, too. You got to stick with the brand, bro. You know what I'm saying? Hoop shoes and blues. It's like if you ain't got no more shoes, then it's like damn. It's like it's just hoops and blues. True. I mean, I, I got my hands on a lot of shoes this year that I didn't keep. There are a lot of shoes that I got and I just sold. So, I mean, I could still do that at the end of the day, try and hit on sneakers, whatever sneakers I hit on. I could show it to everybody and give my own analysis on it and then sell it when I'm done with it. So, I mean, there is that option as well. Hell right. yeah, that's Look a great freaking idea, actually. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. You try to business off for like a half a day, talk about the <laughs> and be like, yeah, that bitch sold. <laughs> That's fine, man. No, but I think yeah. I think you know it's a really cool aspect to your show, man. I think it's it, it hits a lot of different like areas, you know what I'm saying? Especially like the shoes and blues part. I think especially in like our community, we don't have a lot of dudes talking about like fashion and that's especially like sneakers and it shows because a lot of us motherfuckers are wearing some ugly shit. <laughs> like I love y'all. I love I love the ball of Hollis. I love the community, but y'all be wearing some ugly ass shit. 
Um, so you know, let let Joe get you right. (laughs) (laughs) On that note, thank you for joining us, Joe. Um, here on episode 232. Uh, we've been gone for about a month, uh, but we are back. Yeah, Uh, we needed some time to reset. You know, we had to get get things in order, um, you know, take trips, all that good stuff. Um, but but we're back and, um, you know, we're we're happy that you're here with us. Speaking of reset. I just wanted to add this because this actually has to do with sports. Um, I did go to Thailand for like a week and a half. And I did a Muay Thai course. Yeah. Wow. But like I loved MMA before. Yeah. Boy. <laughs> I'm I'm like enamored. <laughs> Honestly, bro. Like we, we went to the wrong class first and foremost. Mm. We were supposed to go to the beginner class. But we ain't know no better. So when we show up there, we're seeing like legit fighters. You know what I'm saying? And they're not paying us no mind. Like, I mean, there was like two guys. I think one was from like Ukraine and another one was from like Russia. And they both <laughs> that's were... a horrible combination of yeah, but they but they was but they was cool though. Like right. they was cool. You know what I'm saying? And and I guess, you know, from what I from what I know about the whole Russia Ukraine beef or whatever, I mean, as political as it is, you know, it, it doesn't really like fully separate all the people because Russia's so goddamn big. But it was like, yeah, one was from Russia, one was from Ukraine, one was from like Switzerland, it was Poland. It was like a bunch of like different fighters. Of course, they had some people from like Thailand, Philippines, whatever. Mm-hmm. So they didn't acknowledge us at all. Me and my homeboy, uh, David D. Mears, shout out to my dog real quick. Um, so we're over and we're kind of just standing there and they already got started and they jump roping and we're not really doing anything. So like, you know, one of the ladies comes up to us and she got like a black eye. And like her blood vessels like shot red, like yeah. she got it looked like she got a with no cap. So she brings us, she brings us two jump ropes. We start jump roping. Mind you, we ain't jump roping forever. I can't speak for my dog, but I can speak for me. I ain't jump roping forever. So like I gotta get back on it. And this is like a 20-minute session. So these dudes jump rope 20 minutes, just cooling it. No stress, no worries. So that was done. Then we did a little bit of shadow boxing, whatever. That was cool. Then we did some bag work. So they're teaching us how to punch, how to kick, whatever. And, you know, they're starting to teach us, like, the finer points, like how to elbow, how to knee, you know, the purpose of the kicks. Like, there is, although these guys can head kick, their purpose isn't to kick your head off. Like, it's all body shots, leg shots. It's like to break you down. They'll get you in a clinch, but the point of the clinch is just to get you in close contact to, like, land the elbow. Because the point is, the hardest part of your body is, like, your elbows and your knees. So that's what you use. So mm-hmm. we finished that up. And then like the trainers took the two of us and like got us through like sparring sessions, but not like sparring sessions with a per- another person they had on the pads. And they were telling us like uppercut, straight, jab, kick, body kicks, whatever. So we did about like three rounds of it. I didn't think I was going to make it out of the first round, but I did. Then I got into the second round and things are starting to get a little easier. So that was dope. But by the time I got to the third round, I was spent. But I finished that hoop. And it was just teaching us like some of the final points. And I was just really impressed, especially after the fact when we got to watch the guys spar for real. Yeah. We got to see like a lot of the technique and stuff like that. It was really cool to see the development. Cause you know, you got kids there, you got teenagers there, you got like first time like fighters, and you got like champions, like legitimate guys who are doing tournaments and you see like the the building blocks right mm-hmm. 
And what made it cool was like all the fighters that didn't say shit to us when we got in. By the time we left, they was all like nodding and telling us bye and dapping us up and shit. That was cool. Because it was like, oh, shit, we must have earned some respect. We must have looked like somebody. Because <laughs> I, I felt like, damn, bitch, I don't know shit. Or they might have just been cool, happy you were trying. Yeah, but no, the uh, shit the shit was lit, bro. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, it's definitely a discipline. You know what I'm saying? Like, these guys come in every day. And it's like their job. They're there all day. You know what I'm saying? We went and bought a shirt. They tagged us on their Instagram and shit like that. So, like, we were able to watch some Muay Thai stuff while we was over there on that side. Not live, but just on TV. So that shit was cool, man. Like I encourage people, like when you when you like travel to different lands, like do they martial arts and shit. Like just go to the gym, bro. Just like just do the shit. Like even in America, like go to a boxing gym, bro. And just like pay for a lesson. Like you'll appreciate so much, like yeah, what these athletes really go through to be at the level that they're at. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like it's it's tough work. So I just wanted to at least share that with y'all. That shit was dope. No, feel that. Like that. That's what's up. Um, well, today's been a big day in the basketball world. I guess we can kind of take this opportunity to talk about everything. I don't know where you guys particularly want to start. So we got to we gotta end with free agency, right? Because right? we missed so much. We ain't talk about the finals. You feel me? We ain't talk about... Um, I have I have something that no, we I didn't talk about y'all. the finals. We, we didn't talk, talk about the finals. Finals was done. Yeah, finals we, was we, done. We, we locked that in. Yep. Okay, so we straight. So shout out to Warriors again. Uh, shout out to Steph Curry again. Right. So now, I guess we could just start with a little discussion that we that I had sent y'all. Right. And um, you know, I, I it was a discussion that was actually made today. Um, one of the guys that I coach with, Coach Strong. Shout out to Coach Strong. I don't know if he wants me to say his first name, so I won't say his full government. Shout out to Strong, though, man. And him and his homeboys was arguing about superstars and, like, who are superstars who are not. And he kind of made it a more specific category. And he was like, there's superstars and there are guys in the league that are elite. Right? You got your superstars. I'm wrong. We did not guys. talk finals. We didn't talk finals, We did right? finals predictions. It was The finals was about that's to what start. I, that's what I thought. Okay, okay. We'll, we'll go to the finals. I mean, we already started here, and then we could, we could segue that to the finals because we're going to talk about Steph regardless. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So what he was trying to say was there's got to be fair parameters. Right. Mm-hmm. And he was I, I agree with what he was saying. And I kind of want to, you know, hear what you guys got to say, what you guys think about it at the end of the day. But like for him, he's like, in order for you to be elite. You got to have a finals MVP and is in a, 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 a season, a regular season MVP. It don't for elite the, or for a superstar to be elite. I it don't got it. Don't got it. It don't got to be in the same season. You just got to have both. And he's like, with that being said, there's only four elite stars in the NBA, and that is Steph, KD, LeBron, and Giannis, right? And then he said everybody else is kind of like superstars. And the argument that other guys were sending was like, you know, Joel Embiid was the best player in the league this year. Joker got the back-to-back MVPs. Those guys are also superstars, but he's like. Nah, because, you know, Joker, I think what the Joker gets to, the first he got to was what, the conference finals or conference semifinals? He got to the conference finals when in 2020 and they played against the the Lakers, yeah. Yeah, okay. So he got to the conference finals and B got to the conference semis. So he's like, you know, they not winning when it counts. You know what I'm saying? So let let me hear, like, what you guys guys think about it. Um, Well... 
I, I disagree. I just off rip, like the example I think about is Steph Curry. Um, Cause I'm like, I just look at it to where, okay, so let's say this past finals, he didn't win MVP. He didn't play bad. He played good, but let's say maybe Clay played out of his mind and Clay won that shit. I can't say that Steph Curry's not elite. Right. I can't. Right. So that would honestly, that's like the only thing I, that's the first name that's coming to my head. Right. That might be the only name that comes to my head, mm-hmm. but I just feel like, I don't know. He's, but he's one of those, he's a unicorn. In, right in the game, in my opinion, that's that's kind of really the only thing I have to say. But go ahead, Joe. Uh, well, the first player I thought of was Steph as well. But then I started to look into the past. I won't go too much in on Steph because of the fact that you already pretty much made that case. I started looking at players in the past, and I started comparing players who never won a Finals MVP and players who never won an MVP. And then you have to look at the list that you have. If, if this is our standard for elite, if we're going to sit here and make this type of you know, measuring stick for who's an elite superstar and who's not. We're leaving out so many players. We're leaving out Allen Iverson. We're leaving out Dwayne Wade. We're leaving out Elgin Baylor. We're technically leaving out Bill Russell because Bill Russell never actually won a finals MVP. There are so many players that we're leaving out of this list who are still elite. Um, But just because of this measuring stick, we're saying that they don't belong. And based on this measuring stick, Dirk Nowitzki belongs, but Bill Russell doesn't. And I just feel like that's, I can't say that <laughs> with confidence. Um, so I feel at first, when I first heard it, I was like, okay, that makes sense. You think about the players today who have both, you have Steph, you have LeBron, you have KD. And I feel like those three players, even without Giannis, are on a mountain above everybody else. Uh, I think Giannis is getting there, but he has to do a little more to be on that LeBron, KD, Steph level. And I was like, it, it makes sense for those four players because it's those four players. Well, really those three players, and I kind of say Giannis, and then the rest of the league. But then when I start looking into the past, that players who weren't able to get both the finals MVP and a uh, season MVP, it's it's kind of unfair to say that you have to have both in order to be an elite superstar. I agree. I, I, I like the way I like the way you said that. Um, you know, I think like at the end of the day, you know, I think when it comes down to it is a matter of your preference, mm-hmm. right? It's a matter of how you look at particular things. Um, because we, I think what, what we fall into sometimes is <clears throat> we only care for stats when it helps our case. Right? We love stats when it helps our case. I'll give a perfect example. I saw the other day um, something that was put down about, and this was made by a LeBron fan, of course, and they were comparing Michael Jordan to John Havlicek. Right? And what they put was, they put where the numbers were similar between the two, and it was funny because I was like, damn, like, yeah, but there's so much more to that, right? Like, Havlicek has eight rings. Jordan has six. Havlicek played 16 seasons. Jordan played 15. They both made it to 13 playoff seasons. Jordan made it to 14 All-Star games. Havlicek made it to 13. Um, 
All NBA team total selections. Havlicek has 11. Jordan has 11. All defensive first teams. Jordan has nine. Havlicek has five. All defensive teams in general. Havlicek has made it to eight. Jordan's made it to nine. Right. And those were the ones that they kind of harped on, but they didn't talk about season. They didn't talk about season MVP. They didn't talk about finals MVP. They didn't talk about steals leader. They didn't talk about scoring leader. They didn't talk about defensive player of the year. Right. They added that in terms of like points. Havlicek isn't too crazy far off. And they have the same amount of, they have the a similar amount of like rebounds to assists. And I was like, well, yeah, that just shows you how numbers really like can sway things, right? Like people talk about Russell Westbrook and his shooting woes, right? Russell Westbrook shot 43%, right, for this season. Mm-hmm. And they're killing him. I remember in the same context a season where Allen Iverson had 44% from the field, and we loved him. We absolutely loved him. Now, was he shooting shots off of the backboard? No, he wasn't. But, you know, he was, he is a volume shooter. Yeah. Whether we want to admit it or not, he's a volume shooter. That's what Iverson does. He scores and, and, he, and he shoots in bunches, right? I think that, like, when we talk about elite, we talk about superstars, we talk about this, that, up, down, left, right, and the parameters have to be fair, right? I think that Steph Curry was elite before he got his finals MVP. I think the finals MVP was the only thing that he was missing. Right. I think that Giannis got to that point. I think the way you win an MVP matters too. I think if you're pure, if you're s- severely dominating, like it's just you, f- whether it's for that season or two, you got to be elite. Mm-hmm. You got to be. Like Russell Westbrook, maybe we won't call him elite anymore. But you be out your mind those two seasons where he won the back-to-back MVPs and averaged a triple-double to not say this man was elite. Yeah. You be out your damn mind. Westbrook wasn't elite. Yeah. That first year that he won the MVP? <laughs> Come on, bro. Like, this man had, like, a what? Like, an eight-game streak yeah. where he was giving you 30, 10, and 10? 10, 20 years from now, we're going to look at Russell Westbrook's stats and be like, that man was absolutely incredible. Same way we look at Oscar Robertson's stats now. Uh, I think Oscar Robinson is another one who never actually got a finals MVP, but unicorn, bro. You, numbers that you, you're not going to hear of for another 30, 40, 50 years. Like, same thing with Westbrook. Yeah, and, and, you know, I also think, like, at the end of the day, you know, like, your system matters, how you're utilized matters. Like, I'm not going to lie to you. I still think, and maybe it's the bias in me because I, I love Russell. I still think Westbrook is elite. I think he's still elite. I think you took him from a situation where this man spent, what year is, is Russell in right now, Joe? Like year 12? He was 11? drafted the same year as Derrick Rose, which I believe is 09. So if he started 09, 2010, then that is, we'll say 2000, yeah, 12, yeah, 12 years. years. 12 years, 13 years. That's which is what I thought. We had a man who for 11 of 12 years, bro, he was the first option, right? This man was the first option. He goes to a new team, and he doesn't get relegated to the second option. He gets relegated to the third option. My bad. He got drafted in 08. Okay, so, yeah, 13. To the Seattle Supersonics. (laughs) Right. Crazy, right? So, you know, he gets relegated to the third option option and and i and i gotta i gotta be honest with you like i just got into the pivot podcast and i'm athlete podcast i think they're both spectacular mm-hmm. 
Um, they did an episode with Gilbert Arenas, and they're asking Gilbert Arenas about, you know, what he thinks about Russell Westbrook, and he made a perfect parallel. And his parallel was, imagine you playing football, and you was the number one receiver on your team for all those years, and they don't even put you at the number two. They put you at the number three. They make you a slot guy now. You're the third option. So now you're not running your slants in the same places. You're not getting the same routes. You're not getting the same looks, right? It it takes time. Yeah. You know, and I and I thought about it, I was like, damn, that's true because Russie's definitely getting the ball in some awkward places for him. Like I don't remember Russ really being like a wing guy. Mm-hmm. Right? Russie was more like a top of the key to like the free throw line extended more guy. Um, he attacked really more in that space at the top of the key, like in the alley. And, you know, a lot of the footage that we saw from him this year, he he was in the wing because where else would he be? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And, like, I think that's that's difficult. And, and Gilbert Arenas brought up another point. It's like you're, you're having him fill a role that last year Rondo and Caruso filled. Rondo and Caruso. Yeah. And we're talking about Russell Westbrook. No offense to Rajon Rondo, but he's past his prime. It's Russell Westbrook. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And it's like, yeah, like I, I, I feel that. I absolutely feel that. Like the role matters. Like J.R. Smith had like a pretty consistent career because he stayed in the same role. Mm-hmm. He was always the third guy. No matter what team you look at that he was on, he was always third option. So you knew what to do. He was able to play within that role, right? You know, like you look at a guy like Kyrie. Kyrie played his best ball when he was, in fact, the second option. When he's coming off the ball, when he gets to create, when he gets to score. So, you know, I, I think like, you know, when to relate that back to like the elite and superstar or whatever, there's so many parameters that we got to look yeah. at. Like, is, is Kyrie Irving really not elite? Like, really? Like, like legit? Kyrie Irving, bro, like, you put him in a good situation, bro, he's practically unstoppable. I have so much bias for Kyrie Irving. He's easily – I'm not going to lie. Kyrie Irving's my favorite player all, on and off the court. I like everything about Kyrie Irving, and I boost Kyrie so much, so I almost don't want to pitch in <laughs> on this conversation. But No, but it's the truth, though. Think about it, though. Like, you got to look at some guys and really give them their flowers, right? Like, I think a lot of times we take away – we like taking away from – from things that are either phenomenal or great, right? Like, for example, and there's no bias. Like, I've heard people bash, like, Jason Tatum, right? Take away from Jason Tatum, and they love talking about Jalen Brown or whatever, and I understand. Brown puts more effort on the defensive side of the ball. I will give him that. But, bro, the season that Jason Tatum had on the offensive side of the ball this season was spectacular. Mm -hmm. It was spectacular this season. I can argue for you that he was top five with the ball in his hand. In his spots, in his positions, bro, he had some He had some moves that were you knew they were coming. There was nothing you could do. If he was on the wing isolated and he does that sidestep three-pointer, if he misses, it had nothing to do with your defense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, that's, to me, I'm like, damn, that's not, that's not elite. You know what I'm saying? Like, what, what exactly are we saying as far as, like, being an elite player. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wouldn't put Embiid there or Harden there for one reason and one reason only. I don't think their game translates into the playoffs. Embiid gives you, Embiid gets a 10 spot with free throws. So, yeah, he's going to lead the league in scoring. 
But when you take the when you put when you when the ref starts swallowing the whistle and he ain't shooting ten, you know what I mean? Like the man went from scoring thirty one points in the season to scoring twenty three in the playoffs. Whether he was hurt, whether he wasn't hurt, that's a huge drop. And I, and I think it's because his game as of right now doesn't translate. It don't. So that I would I would take away from them two in particular. But I feel like I don't think there's only four elite players in the NBA. I think it's a great argument. I think if you want to talk about accolades, maybe. Well, I mean, I, I feel like the wording is just weird to me because I think all the players in the NBA are, are elite. Like, they're all elite basketball players. Um, I feel like the, it, it almost seems like he's trying to argue generational talent versus mm-hmm. elite superstars because at the end of the day, there's a lot okay. of elite I think they're all. There might be some players who might not be elite in the league, um, but I feel like a lot of players in the league are elite, and I feel like a lot of players in the league are superstars. But maybe they're not all generational talents, and I feel like that's okay. more of what he's arguing. And I really feel like it's the wording that's throwing everything off here because those those four players we can say are generational talents, like of the For decade, sure. and. For sure. And I don't know if maybe that's where he's coming from because is Jason Tatum in that conversation? Is he generational, like, of the decade? Are we going to look back on Jason Tatum the way we look at Magic and Bird in the 80s and then Jordan and Hakeem in the 90s and then Kobe, Duncan, and Shaq in 2000s and LeBron and Steph? And, you know what I mean? I feel like that's more And that's that's a great that's a great way to break it down. Because those four guys are generational for what they unequivocally bring, right? Like, you think of a guy like, you look at Giannis. I think Giannis has the most polished inside game, one of the more polished inside games of all time. Mm -hmm. I think so. I think his drive game, his pose game, the strength, the length, I think, like, when he's on and he gets inside of the lane – whoever's in there is barbecue man Giannis at center would be disgustingly scary yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) if they if they could get another reliable big like a legitimate reliable big like a big that can give you a solid 14 and 10 without any issues like 14 and 10 on like five shots Jesus (laughs) Giannis could really just chill Brooke Lopez is really solid too I think Milwaukee he is he is solid, but I, I I I think because he has been relegated to stretch because now he shoots more mm-hmm. and he hasn't done as much work on the inside, I think that hurts him a little bit because Brooke still isn't respected for his outside game. He he'd be hitting them junks though. But if he I, I he see do. what you're saying. If you replace Brooke Lopez with like Al Horford, that exactly that, that might be you because now because now Giannis is in the lane solo. Yeah, Giannis is in the lane solo. Because you either gonna respect Al Horford or he gonna drop these. <laughs> he's, gonna, he's gonna give you twenty. He's gonna give you twenty. He's gonna give you twenty, and it's gonna be an efficient twenty too. Like I don't need, I really don't need a lot of shots. Like I still give you this twenty. You know what I'm saying? Like so, Giannis gives you that. You know what I'm saying? Freaking Steph, come on, bro. Like we don't even need to talk about Steph. We'll be here all yeah. night. Um, he's 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 changed the game again. Um, LeBron, you know, people, uh, I always say like, we've always misread LeBron. Like people talk about LeBron's like overall game and bully ball or whatever. And I'm always like, bro, it's really the IQ. Yeah. 
Like it's it's really the IQ. Like his IQ shines because he has been successful with so many different types of teams. Yeah, and he hasn't needed you know much I mean? like, time to gel with them either. And you you need correct. IQ for that. I think you were saying correct. it earlier that certain players have had time to gel and get together. LeBron has never really had time to gel with a team for real. No. He gets to a team, and this this attributes to the Russell Westbrook conversation as well because Russ came to a team with LeBron and he's expected you got to win right now when you're on a team with LeBron it's no time for you to try and figure this junk out win that's it especially with when you're with the Lakers and LeBron has been able to do that I feel like the Lakers biggest problem is is health issues honestly really more than anything but health health and and I think a little bit of coaching which I think Darvin Ham might be might be able to correct that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, uh I, I still see what you're saying with LeBron and hit and his basketball IQ. I just wanted to It's his IQ. Bro, like if you look at the Heat teams, he went to the he went to the finals four straight years, right? Mm-hmm. All four teams were different. Yeah. Com- All four teams were different completely different. Remember, you got that first year where they lose to the Mavs. Right, Chris Bosch is still acclimating himself. Dwayne Wade is probably in his last prime year. Yeah. If you want to if you want to be honest, right? Which is why I think like him and, and Wade had that funky time where they were trying to figure out who was the guy. Mm-hmm. And and LeBron needed to step up because Wade was Wade was okay with LeBron taking it. LeBron was still like, nah, like this is your team. I don't know. I don't right? want to overstep. Correct. Second year, you know, Wade is a little ginger. Yeah. But now Chris Bosh has come into his own. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's a different team. The biggest changes You're to me on that team pieces. weren't even Wade and Bosh. I feel like it's everything that's around. That that the 2011 yeah. year, you had Zydrudis Ogowskis at center and, Correct. and Mike Bibby at point guard. And then the next year, yes. you lose Mike Bibby. You have Mario Chalmers. Mario Chalmers. And then you push yep. Chris Bosh to the, to the center. And then you yes. you start having LeBron play power forward along with uh completely different yeah. completely different team completely different team and and then I don't remember if Mike Miller gets added the year before but remember Mike Miller was huge right Shane Battier is huge right um I think the year after that Norris Norris Cole, Cole. Comes on you know what I'm saying and so the next year after that that year that team is a legitimate veteran team yeah as a veteran team and then the next year after that where they lose to the Spurs. That's kind of a team that's on the downfall. This is where we kind of see LeBron pick his game up a little bit, mm-hmm. right? Then the next year after that, you know, you have a healthy Kyrie, you have a healthy Kevin Love in the beginning of the season. Mm-hmm. Towards the end of the season, Kyrie starts telling off, which makes sense as he gets hurt towards the end. And it almost makes you wonder, like, damn, like, was Kyrie aware that the knee was bad? And they try to, like, you know, keep him centered off so that team was really more lebron kevin love a lot of the plays that you saw was that 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 four five pick and roll three four pick and roll della vadova like all these all these role players kevin love gets hurt right i to this day believe like we we talk about the kyrie irving injury yes the kyrie injury hurt for sure but if kevin love doesn't get hurt kyrie's injury won't matter yeah People, f- Kyrie, Kyrie's in- yeah, Kyrie's injury was his People forget Kevin Love was a 2020 guy. Kevin Love was that. Kevin Love consistently was that guy on that team. Yeah, you know, like he 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 hit big shots. He had big games. He filled in exactly where's needed. You need 15 rebounds. I'm your guy. And he played great you defense extra, too. Yeah, you need an extra seven assists. I'm your guy. You need me to give you 25 tonight. I got you. You know what I'm saying? And and LeBron has said this before. Where like. 
we we chose games for Kevin to go off, which tells me that Kevin Love could have went off any game. game. Yeah. <laughs> like Kevin Love, like they got up and was like, hey, bro, we need 25 tonight. Yeah. And he's like, say less. You know what I mean? So to be able to have all these different teams, all these different pieces, go to the Lakers, take that young team, have them to number three in the West until you kind of, you know, mess up and let your dirty laundry out. You know what I'm saying? To have the team that was in the bubble, to concentrate in the bubble, to win a championship in the bubble. Like, bro, you're you're leading so many different versions of teams and you're playing in different atmospheres. And you're not like outside of Cleveland, bro, you're playing basketball in fucking Miami and LA. Yeah. Bro, we live, we live in Miami, bro. We know the distractions. Yeah. Bro. You went to four finals. You know what I mean? So that IQ, like, I get that. What you're saying as far as generational, absolutely. KD, generational as hell. Like, you're never, I, I it's tough. I, I don't think we're going to see a, a seven-footer play like how he plays. Nah. I, I don't think, I don't think that's going to happen. So, you know, it's, it's, I like, I like the way you, you rephrase that. I think generational talent is definitely, is definitely like that phrase. Like, everybody being elite, Having a lot of superstars, yeah, but we don't have a lot of generational talent. Yeah, yeah. So I could, I could, I could fuck with that. I could fuck with that. All right. So speaking of Steph, we'll try to keep it short because I'm pretty sure everybody's already summarized the finals a bajillion different times, <laughs> a bajillion different ways. Right. But I mean, tell me your main key points, like what you got from the final, like watching the finals. From watching the finals, one. Steph is absolutely incredible, just <laughs> to say the least. Um, I was arguing against Steph being in the top 10. I wasn't the highest person on Steph. Steph is still one of my favorite players to watch. But at the end of the day, Steph came through because there's a lot of things that I was looking for in that game six that I thought was going to happen. I thought Jason Tatum was going to step up. I thought game six Clay was going to show up. Game six Clay did not show up um, in right. this finals. Uh, but along with Steph being great, as much shit as this man is talking right now, Draymond needs his flowers too. Because Draymond, from the jump ball to when the clock says 0 Draymond was going ham the entire game. Getting rebounds, pushing, getting people in the right spots, making sure that everybody's in the right places on defense, making sure that the offense is set up, making sure that Steph is getting good shots. Draymond really orchestrated that win. And everybody's mad at Draymond for as much shit as he's talking right now. But this man deserves his roses. When you watch certain NBA teams play, like let's say you're watching the Lakers. Sometimes when LeBron's not involved in a play, you can see LeBron pointing. And you can see LeBron talking, not shutting up. Because he's making sure everybody's in the right place. I watch a lot of Miami Heat because I'm a Heat fan. The biggest thing about Kyle Lowry, a lot of people were like, Kyle Lowry didn't give us the numbers that we needed. But I was like, Kyle Lowry was so important because he was the coach on the floor. He made sure everybody was in places. I went to two or three Heat games this year, and there are times where he was standing at half court yelling at everybody, setting up so many plays for Tyler Hero to score. And Tyler was able to get a lot of buckets because of Kyle Lowry. Draymond did that same exact thing for almost every player on the Warriors. And he is so important. His IQ is so high. 
he deserves way more flowers than he's actually getting. And I feel like he's only not getting them because of that Paul Pierce treatment where you're talking so much shit that people just don't want to give you what you deserve because you won't shut up. But Draymond really was the like the coach on the floor and the general of both the offense and the defense and really was, I feel like, the driving force for that game six win. It was incredible to watch Draymond. It, I was watching the game like, this man is a basketball genius. He may not have all the skills in the world, might not be the best shooter, might not have the best handles, but Draymond is a genius. There's only one person I would replace him with, and that's LeBron James. I don't think anybody else can do what Draymond did in that game other than LeBron James. It was absolutely phenomenal. Um, very well said. I, I, I felt as though series series have turning points. I think that Curry willing his team in game five. Was five it? was the game he was, was off, wasn't it? Yeah, no, no, yeah. It was game oh, four and then game, to tie the series. Yeah, in Boston. Yeah, game four yeah, to tie the series. That 40-plus point game. Listen, the, the Celtics, I'm, I'm going to give to the Celtics and take away from the Celtics at the same time. The Celtics showed in that series why they're not quite ready for that jump. I I do feel a couple, and, and you know, playoffs is about scenarios. Playoffs is about health. They were always going to beat the Nets. Uh, the Nets didn't have the right the right tools and the pieces to compete with the Celtics. I will say this much: I think I think it's very hard to it's very hard to not say that Middleton's not hurt. Bucks get past the Celtics. It's also tough to say. It's also tough not to say. Lowry is healthy. The Heat make it past the Celtics. And Tyler, Tyler was like, dealing with. Yeah, issues as yeah, well. Tyler, Tyler, yeah, Tyler is definitely dealing with issues. I think the bigger loss was Lowry, though. I think, I think you know that brain was missing. The fluidity, the fluidity is definitely not there when Kyle, when Kyle is out. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Butler did a good job of of protecting it. Um, you know what I'm saying because he he took it to another level. But I mean, Lowry, Kyle Lowry's there. We're looking at a different heat. Yeah. Now, great, healthy in shape, Kyle Lowry. Yeah, we're granted we're not going to take away from the Celtics. However, the Celtics they had they had that series. They lock in for just a little bit longer game 4. Warriors are going to have to win 3 in a row. They're going to have to. Um there were points and moments in the game where I was like, "All right. You know Curry's going to go off." Yeah. Those times where Curry's going to go off, those are the times where the Celtics should have made their buckets count. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to take away from the coach. I felt like the coach had the right lineup in at the time. I just felt like guys folded. Yeah. You know what I mean? And 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 Tatum turned over the ball a tremendous amount of times. Yeah. Like, like we love Tatum to the point where we're not really getting on his ass for some of his mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think I think he set he set the record for like the most turnovers, turnovers in a playoffs. Yeah. Bro, what the in fuck? a playoff series or no in a playoff in the no, entire postseason in the playoffs yeah. in the entire postseason yeah. he set the record for the most turnovers. Come on, dog. Yeah, give that to give that to another player and watch how we ride their ass. Right, we just love Tatum. As far as Draymond is concerned, you know that's the beauty of having a podcast, right? And it's also showing you the beauty of <clears throat> public perception, right? We are shitting on Draymond. 
for being right. <laughs> I ain't gonna lie. I see so many people going back and forth with Draymond, and I'm just like, how are you mad at this man when everything he said was true? And everybody's saying he's only talking like this because he won. If you go back and check Draymond's track record, he's been talking crazy since forever. <laughs> so yeah. I don't mm-hmm. see... And, and, and he doesn't have any falsities in what he said. Like, why aren't we talking about when he said, you know, we don't beat the Cavaliers coming around without KD? He's absolutely right. This The Cavaliers have a 3 He's honest. Or at least back-to-back championships. Yeah. Without with with KD on another team, we know this. You know, if you're if you really follow basketball, it's obvious. You know what I'm saying? But I, I look at it like we're shitting on Draymond for some of the things he says, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, like, damn, like LeBron has had documentaries about him. He's got the shop. He's been on podcasts. He's done all this talking. I remember when he said, I forget the name of the series, but he had a series on ESPN Plus. Where he says, "Hey, like when I came, when we came back from three one, like I felt like at that point it was undeniable that I'm like the best ever to do this." Yeah. And everybody was just like, "Talk your shit, Braun." (laughs) Why can't we say talk your shit? There there was a lot of people mad at LeBron for that as well, but I I also feel like the difference between LeBron and Draymond, as far as public perception and talking off of the basketball court, LeBron is definitely a lot more politically correct than Draymond. Draymond don't really care. Draymond definitely talks way more reckless than LeBron. And there, there is a sense of shut up and dribble from a lot of people who are seeing and hearing all of this stuff. Yeah, that's true. That's true. For sure. Um, You know, a couple more takeaways from the finals. I think if the Celtics keep that team, they'll be around for a while. I think eventually that team gets a ring. Um, I do, and I'm not saying that with bias at all. I, I kind of was looking at the ages of some of those guys. If Horford stays healthy for, like, another three seasons, he can kind of become that Udonis Haslam, just kind of, like, calmer, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I think he still plays three years from now. I don't think he's going to give you 20 minutes, but I think he's coming to give you 12. You know what I'm saying? I think the key is keeping Robert Williams and Grant Williams. Um, obviously, you're going to keep your two superstars. Um, you know, Marcus Smart unfortunately, as much as I love him, I think he is he is a piece. Like, I think Marcus Smart can be a guy that you can use to get a better player. Um, he is Defensive Player of the Year, of course. But I think, like, if you can make a move to get a better guy or package him in a trade, sounds trash, but that would be the guy, really. To, I, like, to, I like him for y'all, though. Yeah, I, I, love, I, I would, hate, I would love, hate to see him leave Boston. I love Marcus Smart for the Celtics. It's just, I look at it, there's two guys that can easily go. It's not easily go, but two guys that can be packaged in a deal and legitimately make a trade look good. That's Grant Williams and Marcus Smart. Grant Williams, he's a it's a big he's a big body, and and he's like a bigger PJ Tucker. He gets away with fouls. You know what I'm saying? Marcus Smart is to me the defensive quarterback, but I mean, damn, like. I don't know. I, like I felt like his offensive liabilities did hurt did hurt him in the final. Yeah, I, I hope that the the main thing for me with this Boston team, I feel like they have a couple of things to figure out before they cause I, I do believe that they got over the hump that they were dealing with in the past because they were losing to all these Eastern Conference teams, whether it was the Cavs, 
um, Toronto, uh, Milwaukee, the Heat. They were losing to all these teams, and they, I believe they lost to the Nets last year as well, if I'm not mistaken. But yes. they were, yes, they they were losing to all of these teams, and they couldn't make it over that hump, and they finally made it over that hump. But once they made it over this hump this year, one thing that I noticed is like the men – the mentality wasn't there. I've seen a lot of – you mentioned Grant Williams, and Grant Williams complains a lot. Jason Tatum had a lot of plays where he's throwing his arms up in the air and looking at the rest for a call. And you can kind of tell the difference between these teams that have won championships, Golden State in particular, versus the Celtics. Golden State wasn't getting certain calls, and it was kind of just like headstrong, got to keep going, got to keep pushing – you know, the the whole goal is to get a championship, whatever. We miss that call. Keep pushing. Boston, a lot of times, and with Jason Tatum specifically, I, I won't even make it a team thing because Draymond cries about calls as well. So it's not even a team thing. With Jason Tatum specifically, I've seen a lot of times where he was looking to the rest for a call and wasn't getting back or was just losing the ball and just was just trying to complain the whole time. It's like you got to play through it. This man, Jalen Brown, I don't even know if he was really like speaking too much. Jalen Brown was headstrong, was focused the whole time. Jalen Brown was like, I don't care what's going on. I'm getting these buckets and I'm going to try and continue to have my team in a position where we could win. He was our best player. He was our best player. I think it's between Jalen Brown and Al Horford. Marcus Smart is very important, but not best player. But Jalen Brown, and, and I said on my podcast, well, not on my podcast, but on my show, that I thought Boston was going to win. I thought Jalen Brown was actually going to be the finals MVP just because of the way that he continues to attack no matter what's going on. And I feel like Jason Tatum has to adopt that mentality. You could you could text Kobe's phone all you want. like It helped you with that one game, but adopt that mentality too. Like You're a product of Kobe. Like When we say players change the game, we think about the players that they created. With Steph, we think about how he created Trey. With Kobe, we think about all these players that he created. I feel like Jason Tatum is one of those players that comes from a product of the way Kobe Bryant changed the game. And if you're a product of that, you have to take on that mentality and and dial in and say, no matter what's going on, I'm going to put myself in a position to win. And I feel like he did a lot of complaining. And we also seen some of that stuff happen to Devin Booker last year as well, who was also a product of Kobe Bryant. So, I mean, I feel like the Celtics can get back. It's going to be tough. I feel like they had two years to do it. They had the year that Toronto ended up winning. I feel like the Celtics could have won it that year. Uh, And this year, I feel like they could have beaten the Golden State. I still feel like they could have beat Golden State this year. But that mentality, I really feel like held them back. I don't want to see the Celtics lose Marcus Smart either because I do feel like he is one of those anchors on the Celtics the same way Draymond is to Golden State. I agree. LeBron I agree. is to the Lakers. If you're trading needs, Marcus Smart, you need to get another anchor. <laughs> like he needs to he needs to absolutely go in the offseason and just work on making his offensive game more fluid. The Celtics were at their best when Marcus was efficient and smart on the offensive end. His catch and shoot looked real good against the Heat when it was dropping. It just yeah, wasn't dropping exactly. as much against Golden State. Correct. Um, so you know that that's it for me for the finals, man. I just think you know it it, it was entertaining. I thought the games were great. 
Um, it was full of moments where, you know, high pressure, high tense moments. It was, it was phenomenal. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's one of the better finals we've seen in a little bit. Uh, I'm excited to see how next year going to play out, especially when everybody's fully healthy. Um, and I can't wait to see how these teams are going to shape up after free agency. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Segway, segway, segway. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I, free agency this year has been, I'll say this much, I, it doesn't give me the same, like, oh, this is wild vibes as last year. But what I will say is that all the moves that have been made so far are low-key pivotal. Like, if you if you know your teams, or if you know basketball, you're looking at some of these moves, and you're like, ooh, this is okay, okay. This is this interesting. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to lie to you. Like, some people are sitting there and they're like, oh, like, we paid too much for Jalen Brunson. And I'm like, uh, I mean. Jalen Brunson was Jaylen leading Br- that Dallas Mavericks team in that first yeah. round of the playoffs before Luka came yes. back. So Jalen Brunson yeah, can very bro. much lead a playoff team. Not- exactly, bro. And I was like, you know, he was a bit overshadowed by Luka. But I was like, this season and even some of last Brunson got his rocks off, boy. Like, y'all must not have been watching Maverick games, but yeah. Brunson had some games where he was the best guy on the court. Yeah, easily. Even at times, at times, including while Luca was there. Yeah, for sure. There, yeah. I was watching a game, I think, against Golden State, where Luca maybe had one more point than Jalen Brunson, but Jalen Brunson took like five or seven, six or seven less shots than Luca had took. He had a much more efficient game. And was still right there with Luca in scoring. The only thing is Luca's usage is so high because Mark Cuban basically said, This is your organization now. <laughs> so like Luca's over there yeah. doing whatever he wants to do. And Jalen Brunson is just when he gets the ball, he gets his chance to shine as well. But his usage isn't nearly as high as Luca's. And he was still being pretty productive and just as productive as Luca in some of those games. Jalen Brunson very much deserves that contract the thing that people need to be worried about is Dallas now because what you're going to do without your number two in Jalen Brunson your number two is now going to be Christian Wood I definitely as far as a push for the playoffs I'm taking Jalen Brunson over Christian Wood any day and 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 honestly we still got to see what Tim Hardaway Jr. looks like when he comes back that's true they're banking on him they're banking on him coming back and being the same player he was before and I'm like man I don't know but right I uh, know, I uh, know, bro. We're gonna see because it, it ain't like he a young player either. He ain't a young pup. He's been around for a little minute now. Mm-hmm. So it's it's gonna be interesting. So um what move what what other moves you saw from you know today that, that caught your attention, caught your eye? Bradley Beal is about to average fifty million dollars a year for the next five years. Shout out to Bradley Beal. He completely deserves that. Bro. And and that's the leverage that people have. Um with drafting these players and then keeping those players there, that's that's what the league put in place so that people aren't just leaving all over the place with free agency. Uh, Jokic just got a bag, 200-plus mil. Devin Booker just got a bag, 200-plus mil. Shout out to all those players getting these crazy amounts of money. Uh, the signing that uh, shook me up the most, I think, was Jalen Brunson. I think I'm still waiting on Zach Levine. I thought Zach Levine was going to go back to the Bulls pretty quick. I thought he was going to be the first one to re-sign, uh, but I don't think he has re-signed yet. James Harden taking a pay cut to help the Sixers get 
P.J. Tucker is pretty cool. I think everybody right now, <laughs> I mean, everybody's just holding their breath, waiting to see what's going to happen with Kevin Durant. And I feel like <laughs> until we find out where Kevin Durant is going to be playing basketball next year, I think everybody's just going to be sitting there holding their breath, hoping that their team uh, can find a way to get Kevin Durant. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Oh, but, I think- but also, my bad, Joe Ingles to the Bucks is a pretty good move too because you're adding it's a, it is a, a, shoot, a good shooter who can shot create and does play pretty solid defense. Joe yeah. Ingles to the Bucks is a quiet, solid move. And, and it obviously, they found- PJ to the Sixers as well. Those were two they found- really good moves. They found their, they found their replacement for, um, oh my gosh. What is the name of uh not Connington uh DiVincenzo? No, no. DiVincenzo. Yeah. They found a replacement for him, which is what hurt them, I think, over this past season. Was DiVincenzo being gone cuz he was a solid piece for them for the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. I, I think Portis I think Portis might leave, but he better not. If Portis leaves, I think Portis should go to freaking um the Lakers. Yeah, the thing is now Players are shopping themselves. So players aren't giving up money because they. Uh, I think everybody, every player in the league kind of understands that a championship is few and far between. The only player that I've seen give up the money is James Harden so far. But other than that, everybody's pretty much just going where the bag is being thrown at them. So whoever throws the biggest yep. bag at Bobby Portis, I think that's where he's going to go. And yep. I, don't, I don't know if that's going to be Milwaukee, if I'm being honest. It won't be Milwaukee. Um, so Kyrie's also leaving too. Kyrie's from what I saw trying today. to leave. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Kyrie, the, the reports are saying that Kyrie is trying to force his way to LA, which I actually think is the most likely thing to happen. A lot of people are speculating what's happening with Kevin Durant, but I always think from that team's perspective, I'm thinking from a Brooklyn Nets perspective. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm not giving up Kevin Durant for nothing that the Heat are offering. And the Heat can't offer Bam. So if you can't offer Bam, I don't want anything else. I don't even really want Jimmy, if I'm being honest, because I'd rather have a younger team that's on the rise. Ben Simmons and Bam and maybe another solid young piece from Kyrie would make a little more sense for Brooklyn building into the future because you gave up your future to uh, – who'd they give up their future? Houston. You gave up your future to Houston for James Harden. So if I'm the Brooklyn Nets, I'm not making that trade with the Heat. If I'm the Brooklyn Nets, what is Portland going to give me? A lot of people are saying they want to see KD and Dane play together. What is Portland going to give me if I'm the Brooklyn Nets? I think the best thing – that you're possibly going to get is AD and maybe Russell Westbrook. I doubt they want to take Russell Westbrook, but you really only have to endure that contract for a year. But getting AD to build with Ben Simmons in the future, if you give up Kyrie and Kevin Durant for AD and Russell Westbrook, uh, if there's a way for them to finagle some picks into there, maybe a couple of other players, I feel like that's the best possible package that you're going to get. And I just, like I said, holding my breath until these pieces fall. But I don't know where the heck Kevin Durant's going. I know Kyrie wants to force his way to the Lakers, but I don't know how they're going to do it. Apparently, the Lakers say they have a package that they're willing to, they're prepared to offer for both KD and Kyrie. And I think AD and Westbrook both have to be in that package. So I don't know. They got to be. 
They got to be because at the end of the day, right now, the Lakers starting shooting guard is Austin Reeves. Um, so just let that <laughs> Well, the in. Lakers They're, actually <laughs> just signed Juan Toscano Anderson, who was pretty serviceable for Golden State when he was healthy. They also signed uh, Lonnie Walker. I think Lonnie Walker would probably start over Austin Reeves. So, I mean, I think the... I like I like Lonnie. The Lakers are still like going to make these quiet moves, but I mean, I don't know. I don't see anybody really being like, I want to take Russell Westbrook, honestly, if you're anybody around the league. I know we regard him as an elite superstar, but for $47 million, I don't know if anybody wants to endure that this year. Facts. Facts. I like that. Very well said. Uh, is there anything else that you want to mention for, for free agency or in the world of the NBA? Oh, man. Uh, I will say that I mentioned this on my show. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but I know it's going to make y'all want to talk about it. I, I do think that Steph is top 10 now. I was arguing against it before, but I do feel like that finals MVP puts Steph in my top 10. He's easily in my top 10 of players I've seen since I've started watching the NBA seriously. Um, but yeah, Steph is definitely up there. Shout out to Steph, man. Congratulations no to him, man. You get no debate from me, bro. He's in my top yeah, five. Yeah, he's, so. he's nasty. Congratulations he's nasty. to Steph, man. He And he deserves it. I, I do feel like there's a part of me that's kind of mad because I do feel like they pushed for Steph to be like the golden child of the NBA. Like it, it was almost like they really don't want it to be LeBron or KD. So and I don't, I don't want to make it like a colorism thing or anything. Or but the people really pushed for Steph to be the face of the league. But Steph has done nothing but great things since he since 2015, honestly, and even before then. I think there was a game where where Golden State had to play with four players, and Steph was still giving teams the work. So shout out to Steph, man. I, I definitely do believe that he deserves it. Top 10 for sure. The Hall of Fame easily 100% has to be Hall of Fame player. Um, yeah. So shout out to him. He's a Hall of Fame player. Speaking speaking of uh, Hall of Fame players, I know a guy who could have been a Hall of Fame player, but he might not be because of the way his career is having a trajectory. Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson. So, so... <laughs> You know, we really haven't spoken on this the past year, almost two years. Well, no, year and change because March 2021 was when everything started because we've just been waiting for some kind of either evidence or were or like hear both sides or anything. And we still haven't heard Deshaun's side of anything. And I don't imagine we will anytime soon um, as he still has a couple of the civil suits pending. He settled uh, most of them. Um, but we're still waiting for a decision from this, uh, third party judge arbitrator who's overseeing the case, this judge. And I guess she will make the determination as to what Deshaun's punishment will be. Um, at which end that deal will go to Roger Goodell. Lady is a Judge woman by the name of Sue, Sue Robinson. Sue Robinson, yes. Mm-hmm. So Judge Sue Robinson. So tomorrow will be day three, or no, it was today day three. Today's day three. So tomorrow will be day four of these deliberations. Um, I don't know how long this is supposed to be. You know, they're really vague when as it comes to this kind of As yeah. long as she okay. wants it to be. Until she's satisfied mm-hmm. and has enough to make a ruling, I guess. 
So, um, I mean, there's there's been a lot of talk going a lot of different directions as far as what the NFL is looking yeah. for. I've heard reports that they're looking for an indefinite suspension, kind of like they've done in the past with uh, uh, Martavis Bryant or um, uh, Flat, uh, Josh Gordon mm-hmm. um, to where you know he would be suspended this year and then he would have to apply for a reinstatement after the year is done. Um, you know, other uh, others I've heard, they just want him out all season and playoff games if possible. And then I hear other things like, okay, we don't want to make it too long uh, because of one reason mm-hmm. or another. I, so I don't know what way they're going to play this. If I had my druthers, I would say that uh, Judge Robinson's probably going to say your suspension. Just if I had to guess, it kind of just seems to be what everything's kind of looking to. But I don't know what the end result would be after appeal and all that kind of stuff. And I don't know if we're going to hear what her decision is. I don't know if we're going to hear about it until an appeal comes as to what. So I don't know if and when we're going to get any kind of closure on what the hell is going on with the situation. I'm kind of over it at this point, to be honest with you. Like, it's it's taken up way too much uh, of my time over the past year and change. Also, excuse me. I also think, too, there, there, there is one. I always look at the, not necessarily the intangibles, but the the things that don't necessarily make sense or haven't added up yet. I think when it comes down to what's going to end up having to determine Watson's faith, so to say, is the four that haven't settled. Mm. 20 have settled. Yeah. So if 20 have settled, this is this is my mindset. Either A, it wasn't that big of a deal to you to where you wanted to continue for the charges to be pressed on. Mm-hmm. Maybe you didn't have enough bread for it. That happens too. Yep. Or maybe you were just trying, or B, maybe you were just trying to get some bread from the situation. It was awkward. I'm not taking away from it being awkward, it being a situation, whatever. That's not what I'm saying for, for everybody listening. However, I'm not going to lie to you, like, in a in a funky situation, if I'm that person and I'm going up against someone rich, I'll settle. I'm not gonna lie to you. If if it's really not a situation where I'm trying to either A make a statement or B like it really like fucked me up, then I'm 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 settling. Right? So you got mm-hmm. 20 that's settled. So I I don't think the evidence from that is necessarily what's gonna hem him over, right? Especially if they're to appeal it, it goes to the court of law or whatever. Not the full information has come out yet, but I want to know what is the scenario with the four that have not settled. Right. Well, we know that the very first person who filed the lawsuit has has now also filed a lawsuit with the Houston Texans. Correct. Because of behavior, because of enabling his behavior. Correct. Which now, again, this is the reason why I'm like, okay, that is actually a big deal. Yeah. The reason why this is a big deal is because... Like I was trying to mention before, mm-hmm. I personally think how the scenario has played out. I think of a young man like Deshaun Watson. I think of a city like Houston. Mm-hmm. I tell people all the time, listen, unless you have traveled to Houston and you spend a weekend, a legitimate weekend, and you go to the nightlife and you kind of look around and you see the scenery, you are not going to understand what Deshaun Watson was going through. Right. Right. And I and I mean that respectfully. Right. So you got a guy who's got the keys to the city. Right. He's the prince of the city. He's got bread. 
You know what I'm saying? Like he's been in mm-hmm. some situations where he probably has gotten a massage and in the past probably got a little extra. Mm-hmm. And now his mindset is like, well, damn, like, is that easy? I can see somebody like a team, uh, a team official or someone being like, yeah, then I can set up, not probably thinking of the bigger picture, but it's like, damn, I mean, if you feel a massage like that, man, we can set one up for you every week. Yeah, and this is right? all this is all alleged and yeah. hypothetical. Obviously. Right, exactly. But it's like, but it's like, damn, like he's in this scenario. Yeah. And how old is Deshaun Watson at this time? 22? Right. 23? Come on, bro. What were we doing at 22, 23, cuz? Yeah. Yeah. I think it's just I I think the the number I think it's 66. It's a it's a massive it's staggering. number. Staggering. It's it's just like it's it's, a it's, it's a, it is number. a mind-numbing yeah. number. Which is like, which is another it's, reason. It's huge. It's another reason why I'm like In what 17 this, months? Yes. 66 masseuses. But, but this is the reason why I think like this first lawsuit against the team mm-hmm. is important because Bro, you're a professional athlete. Right. Where do you find the time to schedule that many massages? Right. And even if you're getting multiple a week throughout practice and stuff, I mean, we're we're guys here. When you find your barber, oh yeah, it's that's your barber. barber. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you find your your tattoo artist, that's your tattoo artist, so yeah. on and so forth. Like your when you find ladies, your masseuse, your like yeah, like me, like I dude, I try at least For get sure. a, one massage a month, and I try to go to the same person. Like I do everything I can to go to the same person just because at that point, that person knows my body. They know what I like. They know all every all those spots that get super tense. They know are, they already have in their mind, okay, I know I'm going to need to spend more time on this area because that's where he holds a lot of his stress and that kind of mm-hmm, stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine as a professional athlete, the, the list of these masseuses, um, you know, that I'm sure are highly recommended that he's gotten when he got, I'm sure they probably gave him, Hey, here's a full list of masseuses that we know have worked on other players and stuff like that. How do you go through 66 before you find somebody? I, like, I just, I, it's so, it just seems so strange to me. Jim probably trying to, Jim was probably trying to slide, bro. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. To you. I'm going to just say it straight up. Man was probably trying to slide. You know what I mean, man? Probably thought you know I'm 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 young, I'm handsome, I got bread. Right. They gonna want to slide regardless. Yeah. I'm gonna get this massage by the end of massage. And, I'm gonna know it's good. <laughs> and then and then a lot of them just didn't. Yeah, want you feel to. me? And I think and I think that's ultimately what it is. You know what I mean? Like to think that he wouldn't get a suspension is unbelievable at this point. But this is the thing that I'm gonna say an argument, and this is why I'm waiting just to see what the end game is gonna be. This is the NFL we're talking about. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, here's something that we must consider. The NFL, as of recent, has been talking about protecting the shield. Mm -hmm. I need you guys to understand that Dan Snyder is still the owner of the commanders. I was just about to say, and I'm glad you brought that up. We are also still waiting to hear what happens. Dan Dan Snyder is still the is still the owner of the commanders. This man has denied two subpoenas from the House Oversight Committee. And here, and here's the thing you got to understand, guys, and this matters, and, and it's unfortunate, but it's true. As of right now, Deshaun Watson is not just a $230 million mm-hmm. investment for the Cleveland Browns. He is a $230 million investment for the National Football League. Here's something, here's something else that you need to understand beyond all of that. Deshaun Watson is about to play in the AFC North. Mm-hmm. The AFC North 
is arguably the most mm-hmm. competitive division they up there in the NFL arguably because yeah. you you have the AFC West as well every game will matter right and we got to look at the teams real quick the Steelers I think the Steelers will figure it out between Kenny Pickett and um Trubiscuit, right um you've got right facts you've got Lamar Jackson you got Joe Burrow you got Deshaun Watson. Right. <laughs> and legitimately, to my dog. if the Steelers figure Dwayne it Haskins. out, you know, along with the AFC West, the AFC North can legitimately say, hey, we got four teams that can make a Super Bowl run. Mm-hmm. This is good football. This is good TV. This is good entertainment. These things will be weighed by the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. You might not believe me, but I'm telling you, when it comes to that social justice crap, the NFL does not care. Right. They don't. They're not concerned from, about what you got going on. From a human rights standpoint, I think if and remember these are all allegations, so we don't know what actually happened. But if Deshaun Watson actually did commit these sexual misconduct activities, then he definitely needs to be disciplined because that's that you got to set an example. They just set an example of R. Kelly. Not to compare him to R. Kelly, I highly doubt right. he's as bad as R. Kelly. Fact. But at the same time. We have to protect our women. We see how the country feels about our women right now. And I feel like the NFL of all leagues, we, we've seen the NBA take a stand on certain things. We've seen certain MLB players take a stand on certain things. And the NFL is always kind of just like, hey, not over here. All right. We're, we're kind of just about money. And I, I think I definitely agree with you from that standpoint, from a football standpoint. The Cleveland uh, Browns have to be hoping that this man is not suspended, that he's okay because you really did just invest a lot into this man. Yeah. And your, your backup is saying he is not playing football for you guys anymore. Listen, he does not want to play. I gotta, I gotta give an example of what I mean when I say that the NFL is on a different, this is, it's just on a different road than what we expect. Number one, when all the social justice situations was going on or whatever, we were aware that the NFL was going to reach out and, get a celebrity or whatever to assist, right? Mm -hmm. The celebrity ended up being Jay-Z. I don't have a problem with Jay-Z being that social justice guy or whatever, but we also got to realize that outside of potentially Diddy and Dr. Dre, Jay-Z is the most corporate individual in the music scene. There were other rappers that they could have reached out to or other musicians that they could have reached out to and got whatever it was that they were looking for on the social justice trail. With that, mm-hmm. with that said, with that said, I would not be shocked if Deshaun Watson sees like a five game, six game suspension, right? Or, you know, after the six game suspension and put him in a program. Mm. You know, yeah, make sure they that love their programs. Come on now, somebody. Listen, don't be shocked. <laughs> I, I understand that they remember it's advised. It's advised. I think at the end of the day, people don't quite understand what an advisory board is supposed to do, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Like when you're in an organization, for example, and you got somebody running for a position, right? Usually they'll have a nomination committee, right? They'll they'll vet the two candidates, 
right? And then the nomination committee will sit there and be like, hey, our person for nomination is this individual. Even though that might be the individual, that doesn't mean that that person is going to win. Somebody else from the floor can get up, get elected, get picked, and then still beat the person who was supposed to be nominated to win the position in the first place. Mm -hmm. So although, yes, like, you know, I think that them saying Deshaun should get at least a year, right? Mm -hmm. And waiting for the arbitrator to say something. Let's say the arbitrator does say like, oh, it's a five, six game suspension. And everybody starts tripping. You know what what the NFL is going to say? Our advisory board said a year, though. Our yeah. advisory board said a year. We said that he should sit for a year. But the arbitrator said five games. So, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, I, I think yeah. it's it's very interesting to see the procedures and the yeah, processes. I imagine, sure. I imagine that the NFL will, you know, back whatever the the judge or arbitrator says. Oh, for sure. Until, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially, yeah. especially if it's in their favor. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Without a shadow of that. NFL definitely wants to stay mm. babyface oh, in, for this, sure. in yeah. this whole Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, I think he needs at least what Kareem Hunt got. I mean, right. Bruh. Right. Kareem Hunt got eight games, right? Yes. I feel like that should yeah. be minimum for Deshaun Watson. Man, you Ray, know what I mean? Ray Rice got Ray Rice got lifetime, but he ain't been back since. Oh, uh, <laughs> right. Well, his shit was on camera, and, Bro, it, was, and it was a knockout. That blow. shit was so crazy. That's true too. They yeah. they they did have footage that shit was of crazy. those guys because at the end of the day, all this is all it is is allegations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, that's true too. So, so if it's true, let me retract my statement. If it's true, right? <laughs> then I think he needs minimum what Kareem Hunt got. Facts. Right. So moving on. I don't know if there's anything left for NFL to talk about outside of that right now. Shout um, out to Gronk, my dog. Gronk retired. Oh yeah, he's out of we'll there. We'll see. Oh, well, let's yeah. hold off. Yeah. <laughs> let's hold off on that. He but, makes the uh, NFC East a little... I mean, the NFC South, a little yeah. easier. Yes, yes. Yes, he does. Um, but I, I wanted to make a mention of something real quick, just something for the for the ballaholics to pay attention to, especially y'all two, um, uh, especially you, Buddha, since you're getting more in, acclimated with college football. Um, in case y'all did not know, UCLA and USC have not just discussed joining the Big Ten. They will be joining the Big Ten mm-hmm. in the next, I think, within the next season or two. Yeah. This is a this is a big deal. The Big Ten now goes from 12 to 14 teams, and now the Big Ten is legitimately the first coast-to-coast conference, um, mm-hmm. considering that they have the University of Maryland and Rutgers, which is on the Atlantic seaboard. And now they mm-hmm. have the University of Southern California and the University of California in LA, which is on the Pacific yep. seaboard. Um, so this is a big deal. Here's the reason why this is a big deal. Um, you have a 14-team conference. Not only do you have a 14-team conference, you took arguably the top two programs in the Pac-12. Although we like Oregon and we like Oregon State and, and Stanford and Washington, whatever, we know that USC and UCLA puts butts in seats. They do. They play in the Coliseum. They play in the Rose Bowl. It's not an accident. Okay? Now, moving on, this is where the whole super conference thing is going to go into play. The SEC does have the ability to add two more teams. So are we going to get, and this is not something we have to answer because we still got so many more details to, 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 to uncover. Mm-hmm. But just something for you guys to think about in the upcoming weeks. 
right? Especially you, especially you, Joe, as we, we will get you in during college football season. Is this going to be a thing where at some point in time we're going to have two, maybe three mega conferences? Yeah. Where it's the Big Ten and it's the SEC and potentially maybe even ACC because now the, the Pac-10 is the Pac-8. And, you know, you're looking at a conference now that has Utah, Oregon, Oregon State, Washington, Stanford, uh, Arizona, Arizona State, and I know I'm missing one. But that is, we ain't watching that, man. Right. No, yeah. offense, no offense, bro. We ain't watching that, bro. Yeah, honestly, I wouldn't be mad at just two big conferences, absorb everything else, and then, you know, get better matchups, all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't be mad at it. Facts. I think I think there's a lot of teams that they really feel like they've had teams in the past that could have pushed for a national championship, but because of the teams that they play or because of who's on their schedule and things of that nature, they haven't gotten the opportunities that they they need in order to succeed in that caliber and i feel like teams are going to start pushing or start trying to put themselves in a position to where they can start getting national Mm -hmm. championships just like the rest of these big teams and in order for that to happen you need these big teams on your schedule yep so i think that's that's the move for the future for sure thousand percent thousand percent totally agree i i think i think at the end of the day you know teams are starting to to make their moves to be that you know what i'm saying um perfect example um acc football if you guys haven't noticed um they got rid of they got rid of their um their conferences the acc did um so because the acc got rid of it um they're just gonna have teams that just play and every team has three permanent games which is their rivals um um, I think it's interesting. Um, but I mean, let me ask y'all a question as I'm as I'm get, lining up the opponents and stuff like that for the ACC. Do you think, with these conferences being gone and now the sectionalism of college football kind of being erased, do you think it's going to hurt the end product of college football? With the, with the sexualism being kind of gone now. No. Because if you're not top 25, you don't matter. And if you're not top 10, no one's paying attention to you. I feel that. I think I agree with that same, same sentiment. And I feel like at the end of the day, college teams, as far as recruiting and getting players and building your team – you still have to abide by the same rules that Correct. you had to deal with before. Correct. Uh, so I think college football, and, and, and at the end of the day, a lot of these players, their goal is to get to the league. So I still think they're going to play hard. I think the football isn't going to change. And I don't think the the overall, especially they're bringing back um, NCAA. Yeah, uh, football, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I don't Oh, I think we just we just lost Joe. We did just lose Joe. We just lost Joe. It's all good. We'll keep going. So, <laughs> you know, I think it, it, to to kind of complete everything here for for football, um, something I think that'll interest you um, are three permanent. Oh, oh 
we got you back. Okay. He's gone. Yeah. Oh, hey, oh. You hear us, bro? Nope. All right. So until he says something, we're just going to keep on riding out. So the conferences and their um, permanent, their permanent um, rivals is very interesting. So Boston College will have Miami, Pittsburgh, and Syracuse. Mm-hmm. Clemson has Florida State, Georgia Tech, and NC State. Duke has North Carolina, NC State, and Wake Forest with all the North Carolina schools. Very interesting. Florida State has Clemson, Miami, and Syracuse. Georgia Tech, Clemson, Louisville, Wake Forest. Louisville is Georgia Tech, Miami, and Virginia. Um, Miami is Boston College, Florida State, Louisville. North Carolina is Duke, NC State, Virginia. North Carolina State is Clemson, Duke, North Carolina. Pittsburgh is Boston College, Syracuse, Virginia Tech. Syracuse, Boston College, Florida State, Pitt. Virginia is Louisville, North Carolina, Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech, Pitt, Virginia, Wake Forest. And Wake Forest is Duke, Georgia Tech, and Virginia Tech. Now, I'm not going to lie to you. I I think that's pretty cool. Um, It's going to be like that for the next three years. Each team will play their three primary opponents. And the other 10 league teams, they will play two times during a four-year cycle. Once at home and once away. And the top two teams, according to percentage, will play in the championship game. I don't think it's I don't think it's such a bad look, right? I don't know if you remember what you were saying, Joe, to finish up your thoughts from uh, the last thing. I was pretty much saying I don't think college football is going to face any decline of any sort, pretty much. Agreed. Agreed. So with that said, the reason why I agree with that is because we're looking at the opponents, we're looking at what the ACC sets up or whatever. I think now we're going to get some of that old school, some of those old school rivalries that have been gone for a while, right? Like Texas versus Texas A&M was a big rivalry back in the day. That got rid of, they got rid of that, right? You have some of those cross country rivalries that we haven't seen in a while. Um, And then we'll see some dream matchups, which I think will be pretty cool. Like it'd be awesome to see like an LSU play USC, especially if they're both five, right? It'll be cool to see like an Ohio State play a UCLA, especially if both teams are really good. You know what I mean? So I think like at the end of the day, it's going to be really interesting to see how things lay out. Um, but yeah, the, just just keep a, just keep a lineup for the, for the super conferences, man. Yeah. And then so, worse come to worse, you could always go back to how you had it before if it yeah. doesn't work out. So It won't hurt. All right. So on that note, uh, Joe, you know, we appreciate you coming on. Before we move on to, to wrestling and uh, MMA, I want you to give this opportunity to go ahead and sign off. Uh, let people know where they can find you, your show, everything. The floor is yours, my friend. No problem, y'all boys. Thank you for having me. Um, it's always a pleasure to be on Ball Sports Podcast with y'all boys. You two are, are you know, great gentlemen. Uh, great guys just overall. Thanks, but man. you can catch me on Instagram, jstubs underscore 20. Uh, and I'm also on YouTube. Jspace Stubbs is the name of my account on YouTube. And my show is called Hoop Shoes and Blues. So, I try to drop an episode every week unless I don't feel like it because it's my show. I do what I want when I want. <laughs> Just like y'all wanted to take a month off, Thanks. you know, when you have uh, creative control, you can do whatever you want. But I try to drop an episode every week. So y'all can check me on there talking about basketball, uh, sneakers and whatever's on my mind. 
But I appreciate y'all boys for having me on. It's always a pleasure. Anytime y'all need me, y'all know where to find me. And you're always yes, welcome, man. Shout out to that boy, Joe, our secret <laughs> and basketball correspondent. Shout out to Hoop Shoes and Blues. Yes. Uh, Joe Stug. You know what I'm saying? He don't really do outros, so we just going to get it popping. Yeah. We're going <laughs> to fuck with you, bro. All right, my boy. Yeah. See ya. All right, everybody. So uh, this past um, Sunday night was a kind of a, a monumental moment in professional wrestling. Um, we had the joint pay-per-view uh, between AEW and New Japan Pro Wrestling uh, called Forbidden Door. This is the first time that two major wrestling promotions um, had a, a, an event together. Um, it's kind of what we always would have wanted with WCW and WWE back in the day. Um, and, and this is what we got. So I'm going to go through recap. Uh, Nels, you were here watching it with me, whatever you recall, you know, you can comment on. Um, so to start things out, we had the buy-in, um, that was a tag match. Uh, there was four matches on the buy-in. The first match was a tag match with, uh, Aaron Solo and QT Marshall of AEW, versus Haruki Goto and Yoshihashi from New Japan. Uh, Goto and uh, Yoshihashi won. Uh, It was a cool match. Um, Up next, we had Nick Camaroto versus Lance Archer. Um, This was just a big hoss fight, two big guys battling it out. Uh, Archer won. Decent match. Um, Next match was a pretty good tag team match. You had the team of Swerve Scott and – or sorry – He's not in WWE anyway. Swerve Strickland, um, now in AEW, and Keith Lee uh, versus Yoshinobi Kanarumo and El Desperado. Um, Swerve and Keith Lee have been a tag team for a little bit. Uh, they work really well together, but they've been at odds. Um, so I don't know when they're going to pull the trigger on them colliding, but they're both so over with the crowd. Uh, they may just keep them together as a dysfunctional team. For a while, that just happens to work well together. And they're then, at odds, like in real life, or they're at odds, like no, okay, in, in storyline okay. mode. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was like a battle royal to determine who was gonna go fight for the title, and then during that fight, uh, Swerve threw Keith Lee out of the match, and like basically called him dead weight. Got you. And okay. they're like, "Yo, what the fuck?" And he was like, "Bro, it was an every man for himself match, bro. Like, what you want?" Like, right, right. And it's, so there's, there's been like those seeds of like, all right. It's, it's, it's a little bit rocky, the ground that they're on. That makes um, sense. So we'll see what happens. But they do work really well together. This was a good tag match. Um, and then the final match, we had um, the, the team of – gosh, and I apologize for getting some of these names wrong. Yuya Yumura, Alex Coughlin, the DKC, and Kevin Knight uh, versus the acclaimed uh, Max Caster – well, Max Caster of the acclaimed and the Gun Club. That would be uh, Billy Gunn and his two songs, um, Austin and Colton. Um, Austin and Colton got distracted by Danhausen, ended up chasing him backstage. So it was really a handicap match. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, as you've grown to like the acclaimed, I do. Uh, their I do ho- like the whole game. the rapping gimmick, honestly. Um, Oh, I can't think of the other guy's name. The guy who's in the wheelchair, uh, uh, Bowers, Bo- Bowen, something like that. He's really good as well. He um, is. I, li- I like when they get the cities wrong. 
Yes. So like they do the whole they do the whole gimmick. Get the city's wrong. He gets the city right for a big pop from the crowd, and then tells Daddy Ass to scissor him. Scissor uh, me. <laughs> it's ridiculous. It's hilarious, and um, what what makes it work is the acclaimed, the two guys in the acclaimed. They're really kind of over with the crowd, even though they're heels technically. And then the gun club are just straight up heels. They they still get booed. Uh, so you kind of got this mixed bag of, you know, them calling the gun club the ass boys because yep. badass Billy Gunn, yep. which which they don't like yep. being called the ass boys. But the acclaim call them the ass boys as well. You know, so it's just one of those things like they just have kind of worked. And um, based on this last night's episode of Dynamite, it appears that that might be coming to an end soon. We'll see. Uh, but moving on to the main card, uh, to start things out, we had the team of Chris Jericho, Sammy Guevara, and Minoru Suzuki versus Eddie Kingston, Wheeler Yuta, and Shota Umino. Um, really good match. Jericho, Guevara, and Suzuki won, so they gave the heels the win there. Uh, but they lost at Blood and Guts last night, so all's right in the world. All is right in the world. <laughs> but, a, but a really good match. Up next, we had a, a triple threat tag team match. Uh, Rapungi Vice, which is Trent Beretta and Rocky Romero. Um, one of them is in AEW. The other one is in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Yes. But they were a tag team in, in NJPW. Which is lit. Yeah. Uh, United Empire from NJPW, Jeff Cobb and Great O'Conn. And FTR, Dax Hardwood and Cash Wheeler. Um Formerly the revival in WWE, um, they are currently the Raw, uh, the Ring of Honor champions, and United Empire was the IWGP Tag Champions. Um, this match was a winner takes all for those two different titles, um, and FTR got the win despite Dax Harwood being injured early on. Really, once he got tagged into the match, he pretty much got hurt yes. um, immediately, doing an elbow drop. It looked like he may have popped his shoulder out of place. Um, and That's what he, it looked like when we was looking at his back. Right, yeah, you definitely saw like the bulge yeah, in the looked, back there. It so disgusting. Uh, he got escorted to the to the backstage area, so everybody was kind of like, "Ah, shit!" And then Cash Wheeler kind of hold it down for a while, and then, oh, uh, what a pop! He comes back out from the back, you know, taped up and everything. Uh, looks like they probably popped it back into place. And uh, FTR ended up winning, winning the belts. Uh, they're a pretty good solid match. team. Though. They I'm are. They're, they're, they're a throwback. Solid. They're a throwback tag team. They don't go off the top rope. They're very mat based technical wrestlers. Uh, so if you like that kind of wrestling, that they are the tag team for you. Um, but they win, and it looks like no structural damage was done because uh, Dax was just fighting last night. Up next, we had a fatal four way. Uh, for the inaugural uh, the inaugural title match for the All All Atlantic Championship for AEW, where you had the Bastard Pack um, versus Miro versus Malachi Black versus Clark Connors, very good match uh, from start to finish. Pack gets the win here. Uh, Nels, I don't think you know this. Uh, Pack was actually with AEW from day one. He was on their first televised broadcast. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, three or four years ago at this point. He has yet to win a championship up until this point of any kind in AEW. Really? So this was his first title in, in AEW. And I'm, and I'm, I remember him from WWE. Yes, when he was Neville. He was Neville. Yeah, yes. he was solid as hell, too. Yes, very yeah, much so. Yeah, yeah, very like much it. so. So it's good to see him with the gold. He'll, I mean, we know what he can do in the ring. So I, I have no doubt that it'll be a good title reign. 
hopefully we'll get a lot of matches between him and Malachi Black. Um, because you know, Malachi is one of my favorites. Uh, and Clark Connors was in that match really to take the pin at the end. We knew what he was here for. Right. Um, up next, we had oh, sorry. Um, the Bullet Club, which was the Young Bucks and El Fantasmo uh versus Dudes with Attitude, Sting, Darby Allen, and Shingo Tagaki um in a trios match. It was a cool match. It was a cool uh, match. Yeah. Uh Dudes with Attitudes won. Sting, you know, still has it. Sting he, is he can do what he needs guy. to do. Um yeah, so it was one of just this fun match. Nothing on the line, but it was it was cool. Um, up next for the AEW Women's Championship, Thunder Rosa uh, defending her title against Tony Storm. She retained her title. Really good match. Um, Thunder Rosa's caught a lot of flack recently for sandbagging opponents, uh, meaning like when they go to like suplex, or she kind of just puts her body weight down to where like they have to do a lot more work than they should have to, which is really a no-no in wrestling culture. Like it makes you look like an asshole. Um, so she's caught a lot of heat for that. So hopefully she stops that shit. Um, otherwise I don't know how much longer her title reign will be because you can't keep a title on somebody who's not going to work with right. other people. Well, right. Um, up next sleeper for one of the matches of the night for the IWGP United States championship, uh, orange Cassidy versus will Osprey. Um, Osprey defended his title against orange, but really this was a showcase for orange Cassidy for people who really weren't familiar with him or just think he's a silly gimmick. He can hang in there with some of the best in the world. And Will Ospreay is arguably one of the best in the world. Um, this match was flawless from start to finish. That was uh, the best match of the night. Too. Yeah, it was an excellent, thoroughly entertaining throughout. No complaints about it. Ladies and gentlemen, Orange Cassidy is now my favorite wrestler in the world. I mean, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at Montez is my number two. I'm not, not mad at that either. Orange Cassidy is my guy. I walk around now with my hands in my pockets. Absolutely. You just need a little denim jacket. Fresh squeezed. And you just got to do the slight thumbs up. Oh, come on, baby. <laughs> hey, listen, I'm about to slap, man. All right, now. Okay. Don't let me get my cool kicks in. So up next, uh, originally it was supposed to be Zack Sabre Jr. versus Brian Danielson. Brian Danielson is injured. As most people know at this point, AEW has a ton of injuries right now. They are riddled. Honestly, WWE is too. The injury bug has hit both companies pretty hard. Um, A lot of their top guys are out. Um, So stepping in for Brian Danielson is the newest member of the Blackpool Combat Club, making his AEW debut, Claudio Castagnoli, uh, formerly Cesaro in WWE. Uh, Very happy to see him. Great in-ring technician, hard hitter. Um, that's exactly what this match was. It was a showcase for him. He looked great. Zack Sabre Jr. looked great, sold well. I'm glad to see Claudio has found a home in AEW. Um, up next, what might be my match of the night? Uh, it's close between that and the Orange Cassidy. Uh, for the IWGP world title, uh, Jay White defending his title in a fatal four-way against Adam Cole, Hangman Adam Page, and Kazuchika Okada. Uh, this was an extremely good match. Jay White gets the win in the end. Uh, looked like Adam Cole might have gotten an injury, and he does appear to be legit injured, um, which 
sucks for AEW because just it's not someone that they really want <laughs> out because just another with top twenty five injuries. Yeah, and we know how over Adam Cole is uh, with everyone. So, and he's a heel. He gets one of the loudest pops in the crowd, and he's a heel. So like those guys, you just never want to see um, on on the bench. But you know, it is what it is. Luckily. AEW continues to get a deep roster, so, so everybody's really getting an opportunity to shine. And it is, you know, for some of these mid to lower card guys, this is the opportunity for them to step up and show what they can really do. Baby. Uh, and they will be relied upon. For sure. Uh, which leads to the uh, main event for the interim AEW world title, John Moxley versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi is widely considered to be the best in the world right now. Um, I would not put him there. Um, I would probably put him just outside my top five. Um, but he is very good in the ring. John Moxley is just a fucking warrior. Like, it's hard to measure what John Moxley is as a wrestler just because he's he's just a violent individual in the ring, um, and it just works well. He won the title here. Really good match. Um, all in all, this card was pretty stellar if i could say so um i'd probably give it a nine out of ten if that's what we were doing but uh but yeah thoroughly enjoyed it Nels, did you enjoy your your time yeah i did i'm putting aew over wwe right now all right tighten up wwe if i get mad well wwe will have their chance this upcoming saturday july 2nd we have the money in the bank pay-per-view now we're going to get some picks in real quick. This is I the pick card. everybody. All right. So for the United States Championship, Theory is defending his title against Bobby Lashley. I have I really want Bobby to win, but I think Theory is going to cheat or do something fucked up to win. So I got I got uh, Theory winning this one. I'm going Bobby Lashley because Sounds I good. don't fucking like Theory. I feel you. That's what I'm pulling for too. Uh, for the undisputed WWE Tag Team Championships, the Usos defending their titles against the Street Profits. The Street Profits have been able to win in singles matches, but have not been able to win when it matters. Um, is this going to be the time? I don't know. I am going to give it to the Street Profits, though. I'm going to go Street Profits. I'm going Street win. Profits because the Usos have been letting down their tribal leader, and right now it's time mm-hmm. for the ultimate letdown so we can see some interfamilial beef. Correct. And we haven't seen Roman in a while. So this, maybe this could be a catalyst for him coming back. Like, Facts. Okay, so I take some time off and you guys can't handle it. Yes. So don't worry. Daddy's home. I'm yep. here. Yeah. Yep. So, so they can get mad and then Jake can yep. slap the shit out of Roman. And I was like, oh, ho, ho. and then Roman Reigns could lose his belt because the Usos like, man, fuck that shit. You tried us like that. All right, bet it up. FTB, fuck that belt. Yeah. <laughs> Get his ass. Now he lost that bit of Brock. And now Brock Lesnar is a champion that shows up once every five months. Well, we will be getting that Brock Roman match at uh, SummerSlam in August. Oh, actually, no. It's not in August this year. It's at the end of July. They have two July pay-per-views. They have one on the second. And then I think the last weekend in July is when they're going to have this Sounds lit to me, baby. Yeah. Um, So up next for the SmackDown Women's Championship, Ronda Rousey defending her title against Natalya. I don't see, yeah, I don't see any world in which Natalia wins this match. Rousey, bro. Rousey, and then, baby. Same goes uh, for the Raw Women's Championship. Originally, it was supposed to be Bianca Belair defending her title against Rhea Ripley, which I think is a great match on paper. Unfortunately, Rhea Ripley injured. 
she had to have some kind of oral mouth surgery because something that happened um, in a previous match. Mm-hmm. So she's on the mend. So instead, in her place, Bianca Belair defending her title against Carmella. I see no situation where Carmella wins this match. Nope. So Bianca Belair wins, retains, moves on. Which leads us to our two Money in the Bank ladder matches. Um, our women's Money in the Bank ladder match, we have Lacey Evans versus Liv Morgan versus Alexa Bliss versus Raquel Rodriguez versus Asuka versus Shotzi versus Becky Lynch. Um, really, I think it comes down to either Asuka or Becky Lynch winning it. I'm going to go Becky Lynch wins. I was also going to go Becky Lynch. Okay, This is going to be the way for her to do her turn from whatever the hell she is back to the man. Gotcha. What is she now? Becky Two Bells? No, she's big time Bex now. Yeah, fuck that shit. It makes me mad. I feel you. It's that WWE shit that I don't like. I feel you. And finally, the men's Money in the Bank ladder match. We have Seth frickin' Rollins versus Sheamus versus Drew McIntyre versus Omos versus Sami Zayn versus Riddle versus question mark. There is one spot left to be filled. We don't. I don't know if it'll happen on SmackDown or it's if it'll happen John the night of. Cena. That would be crazy. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I so logic would say that it's either going to be Seth Rollins or Drew McIntyre, most likely. Um, I don't know. Part of me kind of went down this wormhole of Sami Zayn winning it because, you know, he's been pledging his loyalty to the bloodline and I could see him winning this briefcase and then offering it to Roman, you know, like I I did this for you. So you don't have to, you don't have to look over your shoulder. You can have this briefcase. It's yours. So then when Roman does lose it, because I predicted that Drew will win the title in September. In September, they have a pay-per-view in the UK. It's their first stadium show in the UK ever. Um, And I have a feeling there's going to be some kind of fluky fucked finish at SummerSlam between Brock and Roman. Whether Roman cheats to win or something like that happens or there's no finish at all. Something to where in September there's going to be a triple threat. Brock, Roman, Drew. So I could see... Drew pinning Brock that way Roman's not involved in him losing his titles because Roman hasn't been pinned since 2019 wow yeah which is that big that is big it is you get so, pinned you gotta get pinned by someone legit and I feel like that has to happen at Wrestlemania right right like, right uh, it's at this point um so yeah, so I could see him not being involved in that decision, which pisses him off, but it's okay because he has that money in the bank briefcase. So now you have Roman walking around, you know, lurking to cash in. Whenever he got he that money, what he bank? Yeah. Money, what you think? Yeah. I got money in a bank. Hey. Shawty, what you think? Yeah. I got money in a bank. Hey. Charlie, what you think? Hey. Yeah, we out here. Yeah, but, yeah. Give me that contract, dude. So I'm, I'm not going to pick Sammy to win here. I think that would be a great storyline. I'm also not going to pick Drew because I think that's the most boring storyline because he's a face right now. And I, I don't I don't like baby faces with the money in the bank contract because the baby face ride is usually, I'm going to cash this in next month. And it's like, okay. Or I'm going to give you a week to prepare because I'm the baby face and it's the right thing to do. Ooh. Whereas like 
Yeah, with whereas with the heel, you just never know. And you literally are you about to pick Riddle? No, I'm about to pick Seth freaking Rollins Ooh. because he's taken so many L's recently. He has lost. He's lost to Cody Rhodes three consecutive pay per views. Mm-hmm. He lost to Cody Rhodes in a Hell in Cell match with Cody with one arm. Mm-hmm. He deserves it, in he my does. opinion. And he I think, and I think, it. with his character, like. He's already obnoxious. I think it'll just be over the top at this point. I'm I'm here for it because yeah, Seth agreed. Seth doesn't miss in my opinion. Agreed. Um, so I'm gonna go Seth Rollins. He's my number three favorite wrestler in the world. He used to be my number one, but you know, shit happens. Uh, I was gonna say Seth Rollins as well. My dark horse is Riddle, though. I'm not mad at that. My dark horse is Riddle. I'm also nervous as to who the last entrant could be. Because I could throw a wrench into everything. Randy Orton. Dog, if it's Randy Orton returning from his back injury. <laughs> no, but that's like WWE. Like, oh, you're back from injury? Hey, we're going to put you on a ladder match first yeah, match back. Right. Is that cool with you? Uh, no, you I'm good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to set this one out. Riddle got it. Um, Sid, you, you're going to go Riddle? No, I'm going uh, I'm going Seth as well. Okay, you're going to go Seth. Got yeah, you. but Riddle's my dark horse. Because yeah, like that uh, I can see that too. Especially because... So Riddle recently challenged roman for the title lost and part of that stipulation was if he lost he would never be able to challenge roman again exactly bro. so and he he matched up pretty well with roman reigns that kind of took right. me off guard a little bit right like riddle really yeah he's nice with it now right so i don't know um i don't know if he's ready right this moment for a world title reign but you can have that contract for up to a year yep so who knows where he'll be x amount of months from now big facts you know um, yeah, so that's the pay-per-view. And then one last thing that we need to talk about, um, also on Saturday. Saturday is going to be a busy day. Um, UFC 276. Um, and no, it's funny, both of these pay-per-views in Las Vegas. Oh, wow. Yeah. Vegas is about to be on It's going to be nuts. It's already nuts because this week is International Fight Week. This is something that um, the UFC started a decade ago. Um, where it's always in Vegas. Um, it's when they do their UFC Hall of Fame inductions for that year, which this year you got Daniel Cormier and you also got uh, uh, Khabib Nurmagomedov going in. Um, so it's already a big week. So all of these fighters, old legends, everybody goes to Vegas for the week. Um, and then it's always uh, capped off at the end with their biggest. It's, it's basically their WrestleMania. It's their biggest pay-per-view of the year. So they always want to make sure they put a good card out there. Um, so I'm going to go through the card real quick. Um, I'm shit. I'm just going to start from the beginning. Honestly, I'm going to say the whole card just because there's a lot of really good fighters that are mixed in here. Um, so starting things out, women's bantamweight, Jessica Rose Clark versus, uh, and once again, I apologize if I'm getting names incorrect, but some of these names are fucking crazy. It's okay for me to say because I got a crazy last name too. Um, uh, Julija Stoliarenko. I don't even know what country's flag that is. Let me see that bit. It's like yellow, green, red. That looks like Lithuania. Let me see. Mm. Now, if you're right on this, I'm, hey, I might have to give you points on that one. Come on, baby. Uh, hey, fuck. Hey, <laughs> hey, my guy. Well, we That's what I'm talking shit. about. Hey, hey, man, we out here, man. Hey. Good shit. Man, fuck I like man. that. All right. Uh, up next in the women's flyweight division, we have Jessica I 
versus uh, Macy Barber. Um, Macy Barber? Yeah. I make fun of her name every day. Nice. Raggedy ass shit. Um, in the middleweight division, Uriah Hall versus Andre Munez. Um, followed by also in the middleweight division, uh, Brad Tavares versus uh, Dricus Duplessis. Duplessis? Yeah, I think this is South African flag. Let me see. Kind of have that is South Africa. Hey, yeah. Hey, hey, come on, hey, hey, we know geography, y'all. Man, we smart, hey, y'all, y'all stupid. Uh, come on, bro, we smart. Hey, anyway, <laughs> um, welterweight division as well. Uh, Ian Gary versus Gabe Green. Um, then we have. Wait, did I pass? Hold on a second. Hold on, now. Hold up, now. Hold okay. up, Oh, my nah. bad. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, okay. They, moved, to... they, oh, okay. they shifted the card around a little bit because oh. they added they added this fight. Oh, okay. Um, I really can't believe this is on the prelims. Um, in the welterweight division, you have Jim Miller versus Cowboy Donald Cerrone. Yeah, they got they got that boy Cowboy on the motherfucking prelims. This man. might be his last fight. Yeah. Uh, he's been saying for a while he's you know gonna take this fight and then kind of see. How it goes. Yeah. Um, so as he should, ain't he like 46? I'm he's not 46, but I mean he's he's definitely he's definitely old in the fight game, I will say that. Oh, um I thought he was like approaching his fifties type shit. I mean, is he see now I gotta look at his profile because you're saying that. Charles. He's thirty nine. Oh goddamn. He's thirty nine. Man, I'm 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 off. Yeah. I'm seven years old. Yeah. So, all right. Um, <laughs> and then the the final fight of the prelims in the lightweight division, we have Brad Riddle versus Jalen Turner. Uh, and then the main card on pay-per-view, starting the pay-per-view because he requested to be the opening fight of the main card and not somewhere else on the main card. Um, he was actually supposed to be second on the main card. He asked for the for opening spot. Sugar Sean O'Malley in the bantamweight division. Sugar Sean O'Malley versus Pedro Munoz. This is a huge fight for for Sugar Sean O'Malley. This is his first fight uh, facing a top ten opponent, top ten ranked opponent. He's uh, faced you know a lot of unranked, and then finally someone in the top fifteen. His last fight. Um, I think if he wins this fight in dominant fashion, he has. I think including this fight, he has three more fights, three more wins in a row, and then he'll get a title fight. Because if he beats number 10, he will take the number 10 spot. Another fight will get him in the top five. And then the, his next yeah, fight would be would yeah. be a number one contendership fight. Very well. Yeah, very well said. Yeah. yeah. So, so I think three, three, three wins and he, well, he'll get his title take shot. take this fight serious and know me on no fool shit. Very much so. He's 15 and one. His only one came from an injury uh, yeah, stoppage. Um, uh, up next in the welterweight division, you have Robbie Lawler versus Brian Barbarena. Um, followed by in the middleweight division, Sean Strickland versus Alex Pereira. And then we have our co-main event, uh, in the featherweight division, uh, well for the featherweight title, Alexander Volkanovsky defending his title against Max Holloway, uh, Volkanovsky Holloway three. Um, their first two fights were excellent. I don't think this will be any exception. These guys are fucking savages. They will stand up there. It's it's a stand and bang type fight. Um, so that's what I'm looking forward to. Then the main event. Um, my fir- my current favorite fighter in the UFC. 
for the middleweight championship, uh, Israel Adesanya, style bender, defending his title against the killer gorilla, Jared Cannonier. Um, this should be a very physical fight. Well, I guess all fights are physical. Man, listen. Um, listen, Adesanya don't do what he need to do. He can get his ass whooped. Jared Cannonier is a very dangerous opponent for Israel Adesanya. The reason I say that... Jit was a heavyweight. He was a heavyweight. So he got, he has, he got them heavy ass He hands. has heavyweight power. Um, we know Izzy can take a heavy punch because he fought at light heavyweight and he held it down with uh, Jan Wachowicz, um and took his shots. So he can take the power. But one thing about Jared Cannonier, um, he's patient and explosive. And when he explodes... If you get caught, you're in trouble. So I don't want Izzy. It's weird because I don't want Izzy to get too in his head and I don't want him to get too confident. He needs to find that middle ground in this fight because uh, if he doesn't, it's going to go left. Listen, I've usually been right about these things. Remember I told you about fighting people that you haven't been used to fighting before and having to change your style completely? Mm -hmm. This is another one of them fights. Yeah. I'm going to be real with you. Mm -hmm. I don't think Izzy should stand up with him. I think Izzy should, if he's really a style bender, use some of that BJJ, use some of that ground game, ground and pound him. You know what I mean? Get some ground control. Control the tempo of the fight because I feel like if you go straight up, straight handed, just straight man to man, hands on hands combat, I don't know, bro. I don't know. I don't know if that's the guy that you want to do that to. Yeah. Hey, I feel, no, I, I, yeah. Gotta be careful. Hey, got to be careful, Playboy. But just to give Izzy. Credit where credit's due. They said the same thing when about his fight with uh, Paulo Costa. This is true. This is true. But I, I, I thought killer. I thought I thought Costa was going to get rang up. Regardless. Right. Right. So I mean, we'll see what Izzy does. I'm pulling for him. Um, that fight will not go to decision. I don't think so either. I would be shocked. As would I. Um, but I think that's it. I mean, we 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 covered a lot today. Um, yeah. Bring us home, Nose. You know, it's been a month. I will. I will. Um, you know, I just feel like I got to run this song back. I can't quite remember if I've done it before, but if I have, I really don't care at this point. Like, you'll be you'll be fine, honestly. Um, we're so many episodes removed anyway that if you hear it again, I might just inspire you just to, you know. Hey, if you got a problem it. with it, shut the fuck up, okay? Facts. Big facts. We're doing Fire Squad by J. Cole. Oh, yeah. Fuck out of here. All right. It comes from 2014 Forest Hills. You should know that, though. If you ain't know, you know now. Fuck up. I hear the lyrics. Hey, why you acting like a hoe? Know that I'm a ride for you either way it go. Tell me, girl, why you be stressing me for time? When you tell me you love me, can't you see I'm trying to climb? Damn, I, why you acting like a bitch? If you're scared to take a chance, how the fuck we gonna get rich? Come here, baby. Why you always insecure? Hold on tight to it and be, be sure. sure. Ain't a way around it no more. I am the greatest. A lot is sat on the throne. I am the latest. I am the bravest. Go toe-to-toe with the giants. I ain't afraid of you. 
I'll end up fading you. For it's all said and done. This need met a son. My Uzi it weighed a ton. I need me a better gun. In fact, I just might need two. Cause say they the one. And I got something to prove. Forgive me, Lord. Here they come. Blow. Why you acting like a hoe? Know that I'm a ride for you either way it go. Tell me, girl, why you be stressing me for time? When you tell me you love me, can't you see I'm trying to climb? Damn, I, why you acting like a bitch? If you're scared to take a chance, how the fuck we gonna get rich? Come here, baby. Why you always insecure? Hold on tight to it and be sure. My inhibitions fighting my intuition. Premature premonition showing me the demolition of these phony. So ahead of my time, even when I rhyme about the future, I be reminiscing. You want the truth, well, come and listen. I'm like that time you bagged a diamond, checked your phone, and saw it was a number missing. As fate passes you by, half of you try, the other half of you fried to how to actually fly. One day y'all have to decide who you gonna be, a scary or a, who gonna rule like me, keep it true like me, Cole, you might be like the new Ice Cube meets the new Ice T, meets two live crew, meets new Spike Lee, meets Bruce like Wayne, meets Bruce like Lee. Meets so to Lil Wayne in the new white tee. Meets KD. Ain't no that can shoot like me. Blow. <laughs> and that's it. Yes, sir. Why you acting like a hoe? Know that I'm a ride for you either way it go. Tell me, girl, why you be stressing me for time? When you tell me you love me, can't you see I'm trying to climb? Damn, I, why you acting like a bitch? Yeah, sure. If you scared to take a chance, how the fuck we gonna get rich? Come here, baby. Why you always insecure? Hold on tight to it and be sure. Who's the king? Came from the bottom with stains on my shirt. What you expected from me? I came from the dirt. Money my motivator. The songs that I sing picture a peasant passing from pawn to a king. Mm. You tell me you still love me. If so, then let me go. Will I return or will I burn? Never know. Look in my eyes and see the future, but don't sugarcoat it. Listen. History repeats itself, and that's just how it goes. Same way that these rappers always bite each other's flows. Same thing my Elvis did with rock and roll, Justin Timberlake, Eminem, and then Macklemore. White silly is argue over who gonna snatch the crown. Look around, my white people have snatched the sound. This year, I'll probably go to the wars, dapper down, watch Iggy with a Grammy as I try to cack a smile. I'm just playing. But all good jokes contain true shit. Same rope you climb up on, they'll hang you with. But not Jermaine, my aim too sick. I bank, I came to bring the pain, my brain too quick. You see how I maneuver this game? I ain't stupid. I recognize that life is a dream and I dream lucid. And break the chains and change minds one verse at a time and claim to six and forget if the shoe fits, who's the king? We all kings. Kings of ourselves first and foremost. While the people debate who's the king of this rap game, here comes little old Jermaine. But every ounce of strength in his veins to stash the crown from whoever y'all think has it. But rather than place it on his head as soon as he grabs it, poof, bow, pow, it's like magic. You know, the flash and a bang, the crown disintegrates and falls to the earth from which it came, which done. Ain't gonna be no more kings. Be wary of any man that claims because deep down he clings on to the need for power. In reality, he's a coward. Ultimately, he's scared to die. And sometimes so am I. When I'm in tune with the most high, I realize my fear lies and my lack of awareness of the other side. Today, I know that we are the same. Are the same, you and I. Different kind of skin, different set of eyes, two different minds, but only one God. It's for all the kings. Because I know deep down, every poet just want to be loved. Yeah. Five squad, man. G-shit.
J. Cole, man, 2014, Forest Hills Drop. Holla at me, man. Uh-huh. Hey, where can they reach us at email? Ballsportspodcast at gmail.com. Twitter. Balls underscore podcast. Instagram. Balls underscore sports underscore podcast. Facebook. Ball Sports Podcast. Oh, yeah. How many times have we been doing this? 232. Yeah, for the 232. 232. For the 232nd time, man, we are done. We're done. Hey, this was an action-packed episode. It's time to get off the air. Hey, man, shout out to Dylan and Willie one time, man. Come back, man. Yeah, miss y'all jits. Fuck wrong with y'all jits. How dare y'all have responsibilities? Right. How are we going to take a month off and y'all y'all going to need an extra week of vacation? Bill of right. So why you acting like some hoes? <laughs> Say that you go ride with me every time it goes. <laughs> Ava Frodo, man, we appreciate y'all, man. Honestly, y'all could have been listening to any other sports podcast in the world, but y'all listening to us. We appreciate it. Keep giving us these listens. We gonna keep giving you this content to ride to, vibe to, potentially get high to. Like Wheezy, we out of here. Yeah, bye, hoes. Silly. Adios. See you later. Hey, y'all Niggas should know how I'm coming, I'm sicker than vomit, that's straight up the stomach, my dick is enormous, my chick is so gorgeous, I ball like I'm Horace, I slid on the floor and she handed me roses, this killer lead courses on every recording, I know that I'm goaded, they just haven't noticed, I told